Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. I've been reminded by my good friend Mitch Powell that I need to start saying in the very beginning of my podcasts and YouTube videos to please subscribe and turn on your notifications. In fact, Rob Rowland of Combat Self-Defense said the same thing that I should be doing this. So I'm going to be a little bit more professional while cracking open a beer and telling you that you should turn on the notifications because my podcast is serious. It's a serious podcast. Oh, you got shot last year. I should probably get my unofficial sponsor. I'm not going to say the name. Organ May Apton K. Something like that. Yeah. My unofficial sponsor. Because this podcast is serious and we're professionals. My ass. Cheers. Cheers. Quarter shots because I'm double fisting. That's what she said. All right. I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> now, that being said. The title of this podcast is Why Isn't Kaji Kembo as Famous as Gracie Jiu Jitsu? And I probably, this is probably why. This is probably why. Because we drink? <laughs> Not all of us. John Hackleman's 100% sober. So is a lot of his team. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people that work with him, they, they actually push straight edge and sobriety, which is awesome. And uh, mo- mo- moderate drinking. And I do say drink responsibly. I mean, in Japan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have zero tolerance on drinking and driving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so I do find myself drinking and driving a lot. No, I'm just kidding. No, I actually find myself not drinking at all because they have zero tolerance. So even we're in the States, you know, you can have a drink with, with a meal. They say, oh, moderate drink is a drink. I can't even do that. Yeah. So, um, Japan's weird. It, and apparently like I got here in Japan 14 years ago, that was recent at the time. It yeah. was not long before that when people were, you know, going home like this on the road and the police yeah. were just kind of, uh, please be careful and make sure they got home. And that was it. Yeah. Now and, it's nothing. No, you cannot drink. Either. And there's no guardrails in the roads either. And the roads are narrow as fuck. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it was surprising. Either way. We've done, we've already done, we haven't even started the podcast yet. And we've already gone in a completely different direction. Complaining about Japan. Complaining about Japan and their drinking laws and how that kind of stuff works. So as you saw, why isn't Kaji? Because I actually see this. Now, for those of you, if this is your first episode, um, I always say, okay, watch the What is Kaji Kembo. I'll probably put it here somewhere. Click on a link and you can see What is Kaji Kembo podcast and talks about what Kaji Kembo is. For, real quick, if you don't feel like watching the podcast, it's a martial art. An American martial art started in Hawaii. Um, all right, that's being said and done. Me, if this again is your first podcast, I, I'm trying to get this out of the way. First, pod, first podcast, my background is in psychology. I have a master's in a master's of science in psychology and research. Um, so I do like to look things from a psychological perspective. And I find Kajukembo a fascinating subculture in martial arts. And martial arts being a subculture in itself, start looking at different uh, communities of martial arts. And I see this as subcultures of subcultures. I start looking for narratives and that brings me to my show. Um, it's not always about martial arts, majority is, but uh, that's what we have these conversations. So the Gracie narrative, the Gracie narrative is that the Gracie's founded the UFC with two and that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the best style in the world. Not true. Ooh, oh, there you go. Just drop that bomb right there. 
There it is. Not true. Uh oh. Now, why? And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Kajikimbo practitioner. Okay, look, I actually do study specifically, I study Gracie Jiu Jitsu. I've been studying Gracie Jiu Jitsu. I started doing Gracie Jiu Jitsu when I was 25. I did it for five years with no ranks because I was just interested in how to use Gracie Jiu Jitsu, specifically how to fight at that point in time. At that point in time, this was uh, probably the early 2000s. Chuck Liddell was reigning champ, another Kajukembo guy. We're going to get back to how that works. Um, so a lot of the Kajukembo guys were trying to figure out how to use everything we know in stand-up against someone who wants to specify with ground fighting. And that's why I said, well, I can sit here and try to reinvent the wheel, or I can just walk in to a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu place, tell them what I'm up to, and have them help me find out what's going on. And they did. So like, I'm not saying this from a biased perspective. I think there's great stuff in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, the narrative of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is that it's the best. And that if you do anything else, and that they've changed, but like I recently signed up, and I said this on another podcast, I signed up to the Gracie Academy. I'm actually mm -hmm. a member of the Gracie Academy, the online Gracie Academy master's class. I, I paid for it. And I get to watch their videos and see what they're saying. Cause I actually study and I'm a little more public about this now. Um, I, I've been studying when I walked in that first place, it was a Gracie Baja. I didn't even know because they were offering jujitsu classes at my university and they were sending us Gracie Baja instructors. I had no idea. I was just, I saw Brazilian jujitsu said, okay, we'll start here. And they were doing nogi. So I'm like, this is perfect. I want to do, that's what exactly what I want to do. When was that um, again? What's that? When was that? They were doing the nogi at your school? 15 years ago okay 15 years ago so we're in 2022 so 2005 okay 2004-ish what's the greasy view right now on the no gi that, that kind of surprised me that that long ago they were doing no gi they were doing no gi because the, the university said you're allowed to teach self-defense courses but if you were to teach actual martial arts courses i guess there's probably a price difference because now you're Got teaching it. an actual martial arts course okay so they just put it under uh, self-defense, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for self-defense. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I'll take it. Okay. But when I walked in, what I found was Nogi. Because again, <laughs> it, it, people can walk in in their street clothes because they were yeah. university students. I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly, <laughs> as a Kajakembo person, this is exactly what I'm looking for. It's like, how do I use your stuff in street clothes? That's what I'm really curious about. And um, it ended up being a lot of Nogi. And it was fun. It was a great time. I got my ass kicked. I also very short amount of time learned how to reverse the tables and i've said this before i think i mentioned to you off camera the instructor i never told the instructor i was a kaja kimball guy i stayed quiet and he brought it up to me within the second week he's like what else you're training in because you're training in something i can tell and i'm like all right you know i told him he's like well those guys don't mess around i've heard he knew he actually heard of kaja kimball oh. and so and i you know and i didn't even know that the connection i think he knew more about it than i did um so back to the narrative right Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is the best. It founded the UFC. And um, and if you're going to do MMA, then the first thing you need to do is go do some Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. That's the main Gracie Jiu-Jitsu narrative. Now, I'm being a little generalist here because I've talked to I've talked to a lot of Gracie guys that actually have a pretty... And if, if I look at what the Gracie Academy is putting online, like what their yeah. online program is, they're a little more they're a little more comprehensive in their training to say, Hey, you need to learn how to punch. You need to learn how to strike. You need to learn how to knee. You need to learn how to kick. Um, as opposed to, so 
Gracie Baja tends to focus more on gi jiu-jitsu, which means depending on the school, you may or may not have more or more or no striking depending on the school that you go to. Even here in Japan, I'm just going to use Japan as an example. The place I go to teaches zero striking. The place in Himeji, they actually have a professional MMA fighter teaching it. So yeah, he teaches a curriculum, quote unquote curriculum that's given to him by the headquarters in Kobe. But at the same time, his advanced curriculum is all MMA. It's all MMA, how to punch, how to kick. And I look at his stuff and it looks like a, it looks like a Kajikembo school or an MMA school. They do jiu-jitsu one day and then their MMA class, they're, they're sitting there and they got their headgear on and they're doing striking and they're mixing it up. Um, so really it's on the individual instructor at that point. But there still is a very heavy emphasis on the ground, of course, because it's crazy jiu-jitsu. Now, that's the narrative. And then if you ask anybody about MMA, the first thing, if in America or even in Japan, if they do a, a, know a little bit about MMA, the first people that they'll start talking about are the Gracies because they did found the UFC. That's true. This is true. That is true. Now, why are Kaji Kimbo guys confused about why isn't Kaji Kimbo more famous? Because... There's a lot of Kajukembo guys that are in several martial arts circles, not just the UFC. There's a lot of Kajukembo guys that are in the UFC. We'll start with the UFC as an example, with with Chuck Liddell as an example. Chuck Liddell is a Kajukembo guy. He's on our tree. Um, We have to talk about the difference between Hawaiian Kempo with an M and Hawaiian Kempo with an N. Um, We might be wondering, well, why isn't John Hackleman here with us right now having this conversation? <laughs> and the reason I wanted to have this conversation without John is because we're going to talk about different aspects, not just his school. And if I, I want to have a separate podcast just with John to talk about how and what, uh, uh, just about what he did and how um, Chuck Liddell became the legend that he is. That's what right. I would like. I'd like to have a whole podcast, a whole hour dedicated to just that. Um, and unfortunately, this podcast is not that. This is just to give you a rough map of people, names, and places across the martial arts world to talk about why Kajikembo guys are confused as to why Kajikembo isn't more famous to the general public. Like they're, they're, I think they're bigger within martial arts circles, but not to the big general public. And that being said, we'll start with Chuck Liddell. Yeah. UFC Hall of Famer. But nobody knows he does Kajikembo. So I'm just going to turn things to you. Why do you think that is? Well, I think we'd have to ask Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that I think there are lots of reasons to compete and not tell people what your style is. And some of them are good reasons. Uh, as far as Chuck Liddell not doing it, like I said, you're going to have to ask him. I, I, I don't know the guy. Uh, Hackman might even know. But I feel like there's all kinds of different reasons. You brought up a really good one. Uh, when we did, when I did the four shots of Kaiju Kembo episode on Aikido from the Kaiju Kembo perspective, and we, that guy Rayon asked, why don't more people know about Kaiju Kembo? You brought up a good point. It was something along the lines of, like, if you, if you go to a BJJ tournament, no one asks what style you, you're doing. Because as long as you're doing BJJ techniques and you have a BJJ rank and, you know, you're not breaking the rules, they're not going to ask you, did you do karate? So it doesn't really come up, I feel. And like you mentioned, people kind of go to different tra- uh, training camps, different schools. You're typically fighting out of a BJJ group. You go to a kickboxing match, you're fighting out of a kickboxing group. And that's kind of the group you're representing at the time. You said something along the line. I thought that was really good. Um, 
I was thinking about this though, and I think there's another reason that we haven't really addressed. I think a lot of people who do Kaju Kembo and love Kaju Kembo are embarrassed to use the name. Not the style. I was just thinking about it this week, actually. It's, they're not embarrassed of the style. We love what we're doing. But you and I know how much of a pain in the ass it is to explain what, what is Kaju Kembo. Uh, and then even people who know martial arts, the name Kaju Kembo, how can I put this? It's not a marketable name. And I don't care about the marketing, but I mean, on, in America, it sounds like a Japanese name, but it's not. The name itself doesn't tell people what it is. And then here in Japan, uh, I don't know if you've heard this. I've heard so many times. Hey, I do Kaiju Kenpo. Kaiju Kenpo? Gojira no Kenpo mitai. It's like, for those who don't know, in Japanese, Kaiju is the name for the big monsters like Godzilla and, uh, you know, uh, Pacific Rim kind of things. So this is what they hear the name and they don't even know what the hell it is. We're coming out of that and you go to a tournament and the image I get in my head is, what style do you do? I come from Shotokan Karate. I come from Shotoji Kempo. I come from K1 school. What do you do? Kaiju Kenbo. What? Kaiju Kenbo. What the hell is that? Even if they love this art, I got this feeling that there's some level of embarrassment in that name itself. Would you, would you ever feel anything like that? What do you think that is? Because I think there's something that it's, it's not even necessarily conscious. It's just a pain in the ass to explain, as we've said, even to people who know what the martial arts is sometimes. In Japan, yes. Yes, completely. It's just hard. I've talked about this a hundred times. About For me, it's not so much the kaiju. They can say it. In Japanese, they can say kaiju kembo. They just get really stuck on that ka part. And as soon as they hear karate, they're looking for karate. Yeah. And then they get there and they see what we do, which looks more like MMA. You try to explain to them it's not MMA. As one person put it, my newest student, who's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he said, and I told him, you know, this is your fourth week, and we finally did Kaju Kempo sparring. Um, I let him do it with the gi on. I said, keep your gi on. He said, I can keep my gi on. Keep your gi on. It's like, all right. What can I, what are the rules? There's no rules. The only thing we're going to do is try not to make any holes in the walls because this isn't my gym. And, <laughs> and we're going to try to keep it at 10% so nobody gets hurt. But there are no rules. You can grab my sleeve. You can get me in all the Brazilian, all the Brazilian jiu-jitsu chokes and sleeve stuff that you know you can use, all your judo, whatever. You can use. But you're wearing a t-shirt, right? No, no. We're both wearing... Oh, okay, you're in the gi too. Okay. We're, we're both wearing full gis. I'm like, okay. We're both going to wear full gis and we're going to go at it this way. Um... So after we were done with that, he said, I told him, you know, usually this is about, uh, in my program, this is the fourth week. Uh, this is usually where the student, if they come back the fifth week, I say they can, they're going to be a student and I'm going to give them a white belt. Yep. They earn their white belt. I'm officially recognizing a student. I don't recognize anyone as a student until they went through that process, until they've done the self-defense first. Self-defense, they get to watch the sparring the first day. And the second week, or the second lesson, they get to do some striking and some kickboxing. Um, and they'll do some kickboxing sparring. And if they come back on the third week, they can do some grappling with no striking, just grappling. And then on the fourth week, we do that full-on sparring where anything goes. And if usually what, my, uh, what usually happens is the person quits. <laughs> they don't come back that fifth week. Yeah, even, when they come, <laughs> even, even when they come back that fifth week, 
uh, they don't stick around much longer, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. Usually. Unless they really, that's what they really, really signed up for. Um, so even the fifth week, I'm kind of wary mm-hmm. to accept them as a student. I just don't want to waste money on a white belt. Mm-hmm. So he said, it was a lot. Yeah. He's like, it's a lot. He's, he's like, I'm a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and it's a lot to digest. He's like, in four weeks, it's a lot to digest. It's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a lot to go through um it's a lot to wrap your head around like he, he kept saying he's like man like he, he's been doing brazilian jiu-jitsu for over five years now and they went over the self-defense the, the the gracie baja guys have a self-defense curriculum where you know the guy tries to punch you like that you do this and you block here and you clinch here and they've been doing that he's been doing that for five years and then when he steps in to do what we do he was just surprised how different it was so different, he said. It was so different. It was almost like, he's like, oh, man, I'm really seriously, I'm starting all over again. I'm starting all over again. I'm back to white belt. Like, well, it sounds like a while back, you had that boxer that you were teaching the Kung Fu stuff for the first time. And I mean, he wasn't there for the Kung Fu, but I remember you talking about his mind was just... Yeah, he was just like, it looks like you're dancing. I don't get it. And then later when he when he got knocked out... Um, by a Kung Fu technique. Yeah, by, by, a, by, an outside, by an outside crescent kick that was never intended to hit him. <laughs> it, it was just intended to no it wasn't seriously it was a jab <laughs> straight <laughs> it was a jab straight outside crescent kick that i was just trying to create distance and i think he forgot i mean he's a professional boxer i really didn't think he dropped his hands I really as a professional boxer i didn't think he dropped his hands and he did um and he got tko'd by mistake because i didn't even have much power on it but it clipped him now same thing like they realized that whatever thing they studied, whatever style they studied did prepare them to, and then maybe they became prominent in that style. Like obviously he's a professional boxer. He's knocked out people in the ring. Like right. he knows he can fight. He knows that if he got in a scrap on, on the street, as they say, he feels like he, he can defend himself. And then he mm-hmm. met me and realized he can't defend himself against someone who's also trained in several things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to toot my own horn or say I'm a great fighter. I'm just that's what he realized. Oh, and then yeah. same with with the Brazilian my, my the my new student is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He realized that he's been doing this thing that he's he's gotten really good at what he does, but there's this realm of martial arts that he had no idea he knew it existed. He why he loves watching MMA, but he was surprised. He's and he's 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 realizing now like now this is how I prepare for it. Like, yeah. this is how I really prepare for it. And he mm-hmm. and he started seeing this when he became a purple belt. He started asking me stuff like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about certain techniques and how they work. And uh, I'm starting to see like, and me and my instructor talking about how this technique really wouldn't work mm-hmm. and why it wouldn't work. Even in, in a jujitsu context, it wouldn't work. And now it's got me wondering how much stuff outside of a jujitsu context would actually work. Yeah. And I told him that that's, that's good. And I told him this is what we're doing right now is I'm a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu too. Like, you know, what we're doing right now is pretty much what we'll be doing. We're not going to be learning Yes, you're going to be, I'm going to be learning new techniques. No, nobody's going to be teaching me new techniques. All my new techniques that I'm going to get from now on in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu are either things that I found on the internet uh, were done to me by a higher ranking student or not, not even a higher ranking student. There was a blue belt who did this reverse X, X guard thing that I'm like, oh, that's interesting that he picked up training with some other blue belt. So like, that's what Emperado said. Emperado said, uh, "Take if somebody defeats you, take the technique and learn it." Something like that. That was a nice little Emperado quote. Yeah. Yeah. So like, 
the way I look at it is from now on in, any new things that I learn, I, strong, I'm always about fundamentals, work on my fundamentals. That's my practice. Mm -hmm. I work on the fundamentals in whatever I do. Mm -hmm. In BJJ, I work on the fundamentals of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then I pick up new techniques along the line, along the way. And so like, I told him this is pretty much what we'll be doing forever this is this is it um in brazilian jiu-jitsu it, te it tends to happen around purple belt in kajukembo it happens at around brown belt around brown belt is when you realize okay this is it these are the fundamentals i'm about to get my black belt and this is what i'll be doing i have all this information here um i'm going to be refining these things for the rest of my time here the rest of my life yeah. yeah the rest of my life i'll be refining these things i'll be better probably worse as i get older and <laughs> you know that's just how it works well, that brings something to mind as well. Um, I hate talking about why people don't know Kajiyambo. And part of the reason is there's a limited number of people who are champions, you know, and the ones who don't use the name. There's something about the word hobby. Let's take a drink first. I hesitate to use the word hobby. I've never considered the martial arts my hobby. Because hobbies take effort, they take time, but there's this feeling of leisure to it. It's kind of something you do uh, that, well, I mean, Kaiju Kembo helps me relax. It helps me deal with stress. It helps my life be better. But I feel like hobby is a weak word for it. It's my life. It's, it's something that's central to everything. It, it's uh, Somebody said, uh, I don't think about breathing. I just do it. I don't think about music. I just love it. Same thing with martial arts. It's just there. But... We, I think hobby is the best word to describe this. Some people just train for the hobby. And the ones who are doing that, they're not going to be interested in mixing all these things, which is what Kaiju Kembo does. Um, why don't people know what Kaiju Kembo is? Why don't we have enough champions out there saying the name? I think part of that is that they have the reason not to say what they're doing. But I think another part is that people who are doing Kaiju Kembo I feel like there's so many of them that were doing really well professionally or almost professionally. And then they said, eh, this is not for me. I just, I don't care about it. Um, we've had some of We've mentioned, you know, Hackman's boys. Uh, it was Adele and Tejera. Um, oh yeah, Texeria. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So <laughs> well, I was supposed to talk about why, why, why Kajukimukas are baffled. Yeah, so, so far two UFC champions. I'm sure Gracie's have a lot of UFC champions. Oh yeah. Across the oh, and, and it goes around that too. Yeah, Don't forget that we got Seronio going right now too. Seronio and Seronio is doing great, but and he's doing awesome in, in Bellator. He's still he's still on the prelims, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he's on his way to be something yeah. awesome. So if you want to see a, an up and coming rising star mm -hmm. in the Kajikembo community, um, Bobby Seronio the third. Yes, and, third, and he's third. he's the third, but he's the okay. fifth fighter generation. And no, fifth fighter generation. But I'm just saying, yeah. I just want to get his name right. So Bobby, yeah, Seronio, yeah, yeah, Bobby Seronio the third. third. And, um yeah. check and him out. he's got his fights on bellator you can check out what he's doing he's up and rising he's doing a great job yes and um and he's really big for us this is the real thing i want to say real fast uh i don't know how much you know about this uh it's it's bobby seronio the first's father was george seronio who was charles gaylord's instructor so for us in the gaylord branch seeing seronio he, he as someone else mentioned he is kaiju kimball royalty and to see him, even after a few fights, do so well, we are excited to see this happen. And you're right. We're hoping to see him go up. And I'm happy that he's actually one of the first ones I'm seeing on the tail of the tape. Kaiju Kembo is listed. Yes. 
that is a huge thing right now yeah why don't people know about this art people aren't using the name for various reasons one of which i mentioned earlier and i'm really happy to see him doing that yeah i don't want to jinx it so i'm going to stop talking about him (laughs) i had the feeling but but go back to what i was saying earlier go back Uh, to what you were saying earlier about hobbies there's a thing about about hobbies and then just one more before we go to the hobbies so remember so far names that we've mentioned you have chuck liddell and you also have uh, Glover, Glover Tixeria. Now, these two fighters, both from John Hackleman. More side notes that I'm just going to throw out there. John Hackleman is a Kajakemo black belt that came out of Goding, one of the one of the one of the guys back on the island. And um, and he is it Charles Goding? I forget his first name. I, I just remember him as Goding, the guy with the ring. I'm... <laughs> yeah, go either way. His last name is Goding. Now just in case I might have messed up his name. And oh boy, if I messed up his name, I'm sorry. Now, so here is the thing. He he decided to call his Kaju Kembo Hawaiian Kempo. We allow people to call it whatever they want. We don't have rules that say, now you do Kaju Kembo, you got to teach Kaju Kembo. No, we don't have that rule. We don't have that rule. So like, unlike the Gracie Baja place that's doing MMA in Himeji, it's called Gracie Baja on the front for their marketing. The guy on the inside is teaching something totally different from the guy in the city, but they're forced to say Gracie Baja Jiu-Jitsu. If they're mm-hmm. going to teach that curriculum and say you have a Gracie Baja, you got your black belt from Gracie Baja, you are forced to use their equipment. You are forced to use their suppliers, distributors. It's a whole marketing thing. It's a whole package that goes right back to their headquarters in Irvine. And it's an international association. And that's how they control their marketing there's good good points and bad points to this kajikembo doesn't have that so you have your black belt and that's it so so what uh what john hackleman decided to do is call his program hawaiian kempo with an m and he modified his program accordingly to what he felt like and we allow we don't have rules for this you can do that once you have your black belt you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. um so, so far those are two names and then we'll, 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 we'll continue to talk about the names that come up as we keep talking not a hobby not a hobby um well, not a hobby for me, but uh, hobby is the best word to use for this thing is not everybody is interested in getting a world championship belt. A lot of martial artists are not interested in that. Uh, and I think we, as Kaiju Kembo, have something to offer people who just like the martial arts. You know, growing up as a kid, we, we like, I love the Kung Fu movies, and then I love the Karate movies, and I love the ninja stuff, and I love this, and I love the boxing movies, and I love all this stuff. But we offer a place for people to enjoy all of that, whereas a lot of hobbyists, people who work an office job, work nine to five, and they work out afterwards, they're largely interested in one part of it. They're interested in just the jujitsu or just the kickboxing or just the 400-year-old Chinese forms or just the, the meditation of Tai Chi. It's or, or even just the, all the trappings and the, the Japanese-ish that comes with Aikido, everything. A lot of people doing the martial arts are doing this as a hobby. And so in Kaju Kembo, I love that. With you saying that after the first five weeks, a lot of people say, well, oh, that guy was saying this is a lot of stuff to wrap your head around. I got the same thing going on in my place. I got a guy who recently got a guy who's doing, had some roots with uh, Wing Chun. Um, but now he's loving what we have so far because one day we're doing uh, kickboxing and the next day we're doing jujitsu. And then today we were doing Muay Thai leg kicks. And last week we were doing Kung Fu forms. And 
not everybody likes that. Not everybody wants to mix it up. So first off, you're going to have less people even coming to Kaiju Kembo because they don't care about doing all of that stuff together. They're only going to like one part and they're going to leave for that reason. And that is one problem to keep in mind. Why don't people know what Kaiju Kembo is? A lot of people aren't interested in doing all of the martial arts. Kaiju Kembo is based in learning everything you can and you don't like this, throw it out, but you got to learn it first. And a lot of people don't care about that. That's true. I mean, I think you brought up another good point is to think rather than focus on the students that don't make it, I have to look at the students that do make it. Yeah. And there, Kaju Kembo does have a high success rate with people that already studied some other martial art. Yes. Yes. My instructor used to say that he was a refugee school. So many, I was one of the refugees. People come in from other styles that this is bullshit, but Kaju Kembo, this is looking good. He, for some reason, he just had a lot of people coming to him from that aspect. Yeah. The people that come in, and like, I get it. Um, usually they studied something else and not just studied it for a, like a few years. They, they really got good at this thing. Um, mm -hmm. One of my students is doing really good right now. He's already, he's already, a, he's already a, and I forgot what style of karate he's teaching, but he's, he's teaching a traditional Japanese style of karate. Yeah. Japanese karate instructor. But he specifically came in when he saw a Japanese YouTube video that was made about Kaju Kembo. Hmm. That one oh, guys uh, came in. Uh, that's, like, that's that like been the one. I don't know if I saw it, but like it was a guy. He makes a lot of videos. A karate guy who does a lot of videos like that, right? Yeah, he saw that video. Okay. So the okay. video, he saw that video, and that he came into my school a little after he saw that video, because he's been looking. He started looking up Kaju Kembo, and he loved what he saw. And then when he trained in it, he's just completely one hundred percent all in. This is it. This is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. And he's picking up the material real quick. And, yeah. he, and, he, and because again, he already came from something. He's very proficient at that one thing. And he loves that. And I think he posted the other day. He's like, I love the fact that I would, he's, I wish I would have found this person when I was younger. It's a one-stop shop. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's, that's how you kind of put it. He's like, I don't have to yeah. go to a hundred places and go to this one place mm -hmm. and just kind of do everything at this one place. It's so yeah. free. I'm so free to do whatever I want at this place. Yes. And um, that's great. Well, with beginners, Beginners always have this mentality, some goal. And you got to remember, these same beginners, maybe they walk into that boxing place and they still don't accomplish that goal. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be a professional boxer. Good luck. It's really fucking hard to do, even if you went to a good boxing place, right? Yeah. So then, you know, I'm throwing a giant wrench in your plans because I'm not just going to teach you boxing. And if you want to become a professional boxer, you need to spend a lot of time boxing. And I don't have that kind of time. So you're going to have to go somewhere else and maybe... You're going to decide that you don't want to come back and mix it up because you want to be a professional boxer. Or even then, a beginner doesn't know what the fuck they want. A beginner says, I want to be a kickboxer. They get their own their first kickboxing match. They get their ass kicked. I want to be a boxer today. I've changed my mind. I want to be a boxer. And then they think they're going to be better at that. And, and then, you know what? And then some of these people just, ah, uh, a hobby. <laughs> and they quit, right? So, like, that, I think that's the problem is we don't really facilitate hobbyists. We, we don't really facilitate that. Um some schools exactly. do. Some schools do. They're really good at facilitating hobbyists. That's their bread and butter for money making. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they churn them out and mm -hmm. they give them a narrative saying we're the best and the other styles suck. And that'll keep a beginner around for quite a bit, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then they quit. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's the blue belt that quits. Not what that's that that there's that, that statistic that BJJ guys always throw out there. Ninety percent of Brazilian, ninety percent of blue belts quit. Ten percent move on to their purple belt. 
And out of that 10%, um, 90% move on to their black belts and still 10% quit. Right, right, right. So like that's still, it's still that same kind of thing where they, even they recognize, hey, even though they have a really strong narrative and they have a much Mm -hmm. better narrative than we do, Mm -hmm. a lot of people quit. Right. And I want to clarify one thing. When you say that we don't do well with hobbyists, this is why I'm, I'm afraid to use the word hobby and hobbyist for this reason. With the way you're using hobbies, I agree. The people who just have that essence. At the same time, there are people who come to Kaiju Kembo and they love all of the aspects together. And again, I don't want to say hobby, but it's, it's an aspect outside of work that becomes their life. But it's not just kickboxing. It's not just wrestling. It's a little bit of everything together. How many people are like that? That starts to get low. And then, yeah, also, and also to clarify, this doesn't mean that you can't be a weekend warrior of Kaju Kembo. This doesn't mean that, like, if you only have one or two days a week that you, that you can train because of your job, because mm-hmm. your, your goal is not to become some professional fighter, but you like what's going on. It doesn't mean that we don't facilitate a place where you can have a full-time job and train. Right. I'm just saying we don't facilitate the idea of someone who came in who thought they were just going to be taking a cardio Taibo class. That, that's the kind of person that we don't do a really good. Like, cheers. Yeah, exactly. Cheers for that. Those people don't do really good on a traditional Kajikimo pack. I and mean, notice I said traditional Kajikimo pack. Yeah. Look at Mickey Lopez. Mickey Lopez has his whole boxing program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where 100% of those people are just people who come in, they train, they get some cardio, and they go home. And they have no idea that they even did Kaju Kembo. Yep. And Mickey can care less about that. Because mm-hmm. the name isn't that important. It, it's the heart behind it. I mean, we, in our... Oh, yeah. Shout know, out to D-Cell Boxing Academy in California. There. Fair enough. Like in our conversation of what is Kaju Kembo, uh, it's... No. <laughs> the name does not matter the name doesn't matter it's much deeper it's something that's been around since the beginning of time this is just an organization of an idea we're not going to talk about what is Kajikembo we're not going to no. talk about what is Kajikembo no. I'm trying to stay away from that but I'm no. saying it's the same idea it's that no. not that simple it's just an idea and me, it is pretty simple it's just an idea yeah. uh, but yeah dealing with these hobbyists dealing with this thing this is part of the reason that we'll come back to the question why is Kaiju Kembo not as well known as the Gracie Jiu Jitsu narrative? Because everybody yeah, knows what I Gracie. Mean, oh, there are, I, 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 I should probably put a grain of salt here. Not everybody knows what Gracie Jiu Jitsu is. Okay, if I I'm in Japan, I can grab if I grab your average person where I live, mm-hmm. and say, have you heard of Gracie Jiu Jitsu? There's going to be a generational gap. A B. There still might be. There's still going to be about. I'd say ninety. I can grab ten people. And nine out of 10 won't know. It'll still be a 10%. It'll still be a 10% of the general public in Japan knows what Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is. Yeah. Probably different than the United States. I'm just going to say it's different because of UFC. But even then, if you just grab your average person who may or may not watch martial arts, right? hobbyist, because that's definitely a hobbyist, someone who does not practice martial arts and just watches martial arts, you're a hobbyist. There's five-finger death punch t-shirts. Yeah. yeah and your, tap out your, shirts. Yeah, your tap out shirt or... You're wearing your UFC shirt. That's a new thing. Wearing your Reebok UFC track suit. <laughs> fucking trolling my page, motherfucker, on Reddit. Yes, like you Darth people. Back or what's going on you there? people. You people are who we're talking about. <laughs> I hear Five Finger Death Punch playing in the background. What's going on? But 
some more notes I have here and some more Kajukembo people that um are Kajukembo but don't say they're Kajukembo and they're not and, and even by our own means are not Kajukembo. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard a few times that Benny the Jet Rodriguez Rikides. One more time. Rikides, I think. I don't know. It's spelled U-R-Q-U-I-D-E-Z. Yeah, I think that's Rikides. Okay, we'll say Rikides. I said <laughs> Rodriguez. It's a shot. I gave him a Go Spanish ahead. name, Rodriguez. But anyway, <laughs> they say, and if you don't know who he is, um, he's really big in the martial arts world. Uh, he was in a he was in a Jackie Chan film um, mm-hmm. as a stuntman, and he did some stuntman work. He was Cynthia Rothrock too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's he's been in a few films, and he's and he's also in the martial arts world. He, he was really he's a champion. He's a kickboxing he's a monster, champion. Yeah. And um, if you don't know who he is, I definitely recommend you look him up. But um, so some people have rumored that he's a Kaji Campbell guy, and I'm like, why is there a rumor about this? And then what happens is Bill Ryusaki is Benny's teacher, and the story is that Bill um, was with John. Loning, Leoning, who's a Leoning, okay, yeah, 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 Hawaii. Okay. And what happened was he trained with them for a while, got his fun, got some fundamentals, but then moved off the island. This was uh, Rikita's teacher, yes, Rikita's okay. teacher trained with John Leoning. That's the rumor, that's the rumor that goes out. That's out. I'm gonna finish founding again. This is a casual podcast, I'm not doing a bunch of historical documents, there's other okay. podcasts I do for that. But that's that's what people because and this isn't the first time I've heard people say that. I've heard my instructors say, "Hey, yeah, he, he trained with Kaji Kimbo guys." They they look at Benny, he trained with Kaji Kimbo. He's Kaji Kimbo. I've heard my instructors say that too. So, and I'm guessing whenever I start hearing more than one person, more than one Kaji Kimbo guy, that's a Kaji Kimbo guy, that's a Kaji Kimbo guy, that's a Kaji Kimbo guy. Then there's either they are a Kaji Kimbo guy or they trained with a lot of Kaji Kimbo guys enough for us to feel that they're Kaji Kimbo because of the way they're talking about mixing. And if you look at Benny's stuff. He's created his own, what do you know? Created his own style, calls it by its own name, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know what the name is? I forgot, I the, name. I forgot the word no. Benny's style. But what, 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 they, what, um, what Benny's teacher, Bill, ended up doing, uh, he ended up calling it Hawaiian Kempo with an N. Oh, that was the group that Hackerman was talking about. Yeah, that's the group that Hackleman was talking about. He calls it. Oh, okay, I didn't realize it was the same group. All right. Kempo with an N. And apparently he must have been in similar circles in the same kickboxing and MMA circles because John Hackleman met this guy and yeah. they would always argue Kempo with an N, Kempo with an N, Kempo with an N, Kempo. But he's a whole you know funny what, thing. What busts my mind with all of that is here in Japan, the N and M sound in Kenpo are the same character. There's, there's no really M. Really there's no M. There's no M in the. In there Japanese is no language. M. There's just. Mm. And yeah. They count both. Kenpo, yeah. Kenpo is the same thing in Japan. So uh, anyway, keep going. They always. So, so here, he, yeah. Otherwise, we're gonna end with Kenpo. Anyway, I'm not gonna go there. Anyway, so like, <laughs> I don't go there right now. Um, here's the thing though. So apparently, the story is that when he left. The island, he said, I, "Can I? Can I? Can you know? I want to keep teaching this thing. Can I tell people I'm teaching Kajukembo?" And the rumor is, and I'm sure you have a story to follow this because I've heard you talk about it on your podcast. The rumor is that John said no because you didn't finish the program, you didn't get your black belt. Sorry, I understand that you're teaching something that's very similar to Kajukembo, but you never finished your program with me, and you're not a Kajukembo black belt, so you can't call it Kajukembo. Mm-hmm. So he decided to 
create his own, become the founder of his own style, Hawaiian Kempo with an N. And then move forward from there, fast forward some more names. Then you have Bill, uh, no, no. Then you have, uh, let's see here, Dave Mustaine. So fast forward to now, Dave Mustaine got his black belt from Rodriguez. And Dave Mustaine, not, not, not the uh, singer of Megadeth. <laughs> I don't think so. Here, let's see. I'm pretty sure he is not a Kaiju Kembo guy. <laughs> See here. Let's see well, here. we've already talked about uh, Clarence Chang. Maybe it huh? is. What? Maybe it is because he's got his purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Maybe it is. What? Maybe it is. Hold on a second. Because Are he's you trying on... to tell me that Dave Mustaine, the singer yeah. on Joe Rogan, he was on Joe Rogan? Yeah. So yeah, because he got his black belt from Benny Rodriguez. So again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're shitting me what, what, what yeah whoa, no, you're whoa, right whoa. you're all you're all the right vein so we're, we're just talking about why is it the whole title of this podcast is why is it kaji kembo as big as the gracie narrative right so joe's <laughs> so by the way if you don't know uh, uh john hoylo is a huge mega death uh he's a he was metalhead so this is nice <laughs> I didn't even know who Dave Mustaine was. I'm just looking at my notes. I don't even have a check. I'm just looking at the notes. I'm just looking at my notes, okay? I'm looking at my notes, and this is what it says. I, I, and my notes were provided to me by uh, Kaji Kimo Black Belt, Anthony Mealy. Thank you for the notes, Anthony Mealy. So what it comes down to was uh, Dave did a podcast with Rogan. He was even on Ed Parker's fighting team at one point. Okay. Now, so Rodriguez, he got his Black Belt from Rodriguez, right? In Rodriguez style, who's Hawaiian Kempo with an N, and then Rodriguez has his own style that he called something else. So yeah, they keep changing the names of it. But when you look at it, and then it's funny because then the whole circle comes together. When you look at uh, one of John Hackleman's students uh, talks about how Rodriguez helped him personally out with some of the stuff he was doing for for his school because they were he was in a different location from Hackleman. So like there's like this martial arts community and we're constantly exchanging information because Kaji Kempo guys are so open to this idea. Right, 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 right. And again, he didn't get, he didn't allow him to call it Kaji Kempo. Mm -hmm. So that's not, it's not on our tree. Well, I can say John Hackleman, for those listening at this point, if you're not, if you're not a Kaji Kempo person, you're still listening. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but we have a Kaji Kempo tree. We have this giant record of everybody who's ever, Learned Kaja Kembo, and you use whenever you have a black belt, you can contact Philip Jolinas. If you're not on the tree and you're a Kaja Kembo practitioner, just contact them. Just contact them. It's so simple. You just email them, let them know where you got your black belt from. And as long as that name or names before that can be traced to the tree, they'll add you to the tree. There's no rules to this, there's no politics behind this. Um, I've talked to Philip extensively about who can be on the tree. Everyone can be on the tree. Now, if you have some sort of weird criminal history, that's where things get kind of <laughs> your name might be on the tree crossed out. There's been but, a few names crossed out for, yeah, reasons, yeah. for those reasons. But it's not, it's never because you pissed off someone. It's never a political thing. It's always related directly to that. So, um, yeah, so that's the whole thing. So for Udrigas, he's not going to be on our tree. And neither, the only person that I mentioned that will be on the tree is the first guy I just said, um, John. Leoning, I'm probably saying that wrong. And the, I was gonna say Leoning is really interesting because there's a video that went around a while back of like 
this is karate and it was like all the old school 1970s tournament clips you know i mean you want to see this video they got yeah. like clips of like superfoot yeah. and i think chuck norris was in there and urquidez and there was an awesome fight in there with urquidez and another dude wearing a black gi and i was asking about it around the kaju Kemo people and apparently that guy i think it was leoning's student yeah and then the story i heard was that that guy and benny were sparring partners Oh, okay. So they were, they were right. They knew each other's styles. Yeah. And that's why that fight was so like, everyone was like, oh, they're like, if you watch the fight online, yeah, um, Rodriguez, uh, if you just look it up, it's just like, it's back and forth trading. They were doing, they were doing point, right? That was, that was point karate. That was point. That, but they were, that was when contact. karate they were, they were doing full contact point and they weren't, <laughs> this is back before they did the whole, oh, you have to have your hand here. They were straight out scrapping. So yeah. It was a fight. Doing, that was back when it was pretty much doing is they were fight. saying, Hey, Whoever lands the first solid shot gets the point. And sometimes it was they were pretty much kickboxing. And at one point, one gets taken down and gets punched in the face or like a quick yeah, punch yeah. to the ground. The referee splits him up, gives the other guy the point for striking to the ground. It was a really great fight. Yeah. Um, Rakitas is amazing to watch in that fight. And like, again, they were, but like, that's where I heard. Oh, that guy, they're both Kaiser Kimball guys. <laughs> and then later, like, look, I'm like, well, officially not. So again, going back to what I said about how our narratives, don't cross as much and, I, and again i think it has to do with the ufc i know it has to do with the ufc um and that's why cheers that's one of the reasons now john you interviewed was it ordinance you were what it was an ordinance i'm fucking up names you interviewed a martial arts, a Kaju Kembo instructor with a big school. This was written or YouTube? On YouTube. You interviewed okay. on YouTube for your for your, for your project you did with the Gaylords. Oh, the, the KA, the deep dive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You interviewed a guy and he was talk, he was just dropping kickboxing champion after kickboxing champion after kickboxing champion that he personally trained. And then might have been Chavez, made, okay. Okay, it was Chavez then. He was yeah, he was he 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 had a he had a he was he had a Latino last name, so I'm pretty sure. It okay, was Chavez. if it's the one I'm thinking of, he 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 was in the dojo, red floor. But he was kind of sitting in front wearing the gi. Yeah. Okay, that's probably Chavez. Yeah, he's a kickboxer. He trained Eric, and Eric was the guy who got me all, any any of my kickboxing Muay Thai stuff. Do you, do you remember the guy's oh. names that, that came from a school? I can't remember his name. I I can't remember, but he's he, he's a. a He's an amazing dude. He's got so many boxing champions and kickboxing right. champions. Eric was almost there. He just decided, like I mentioned earlier, he just like was doing so well. And he said, eh, I'm not into this anymore. I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that probably sucks. It sucks that we don't have names. So now everyone listening is like, oh, you're making this shit up. Look, I'm not making this shit up. Um, go check out the KAA Kaiju Kembo Dita yeah, look, with look here, Grandmaster here. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a link right here. Um, so go ahead and click on that link and you can see that interview. And he actually names the names in your podcast. He starts saying mm-hmm. this guy's name, that guy's name. He starts dropping the names. And this was, what year was that? Like 1980s, 1990s? A while back. He does, he doesn't, he, he's he been doesn't, around forever. Yeah, so he doesn't really know. say the years. And kickboxing became bigger in the late 80s. Yeah. So it was yeah. around probably late 80s, early 90s that all these kickboxers and boxers, he started producing all these boxing and kickboxing champions, mm-hmm. world champions. And he said the same thing in his podcast. He went to, in your podcast, he said that he went to see... Um, Sijo, the founder of Kaju Kembo, Sijo Emperor was still alive. And he said, hey, I got all these boxing and kickboxing champions. Um, can I put throw a Kaju Kembo shirt on him? And the response was, that's not Kaju Kembo. That's a sport application of Kaju Kembo. 
and I don't I don't think that represents I don't think that truly represents Kasha Kimball. So no, I don't want you to do that. That the idea that sport does not fully represent Kaji Kembo. Part of me disagrees because it does push you. The MMA is basically Kaju Kembo without the traditional aspect of it. But at the same time, uh, there's so much disrespect that comes out of people who just out there for the sport. This is not just martial arts. This is basketball and tennis and every sport out there. The idea of sport for competition's sake there are good people out there and there are terrible shitty people who just want to win and be the champion. Are there? Here's the problem with fighting. And this is a big problem in fighting nowadays. Mm-hmm. Promoting yourself as a fighter in today's landscape and social media, you need good guys. You need bad guys. Just like pro wrestling. Um, Ali was doing that way before social media too. You got a yeah. good point. But he, that's a good same thing though. He was tapping on that same vein. He was. He was. He was tapping on the same vein. Pro wrestling has always done very well. Yeah. If you look oh, yeah, at yeah. money, if you look at money and fighting, pro wrestling is still number one. Yeah. Even though it's we all know it's not quote unquote real fighting. Um still hurts. <laughs> still hurts. I mean, we, we, there's a whole there's a whole other podcast we can do on that. But mm-hmm. the idea is that pro wrestling likes to have stories. Mm-hmm. They don't want just have a fighter, just two people duking it out. That's not good enough. Um, they, MMA they, tries that with the whole pre fight They started interview. doing that when Dana White took over, who has a big background working with pro wrestling. Yep. So there's no, there's no, there's no coincidence that the pro wrestling model is now being used in UFC, and there's a lot of legal issues that are coming up because of that. But um. Mm-hmm. Still, it's kind of hard now to tell, is this guy really a douchebag? Or is he pretending to be a douchebag to give someone a target that they want to see lose? Mm-hmm. I, I once heard someone say that a lot of people watch Mayweather fight because they want to watch him lose. Oh, totally. That's the same with Ali. They, they, they want to watch him lose. And I mean, Mayweather's, he's an asshole, but he's really good. Yeah. And is he really an asshole? So that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's is a good question. He, is, that, is that legitimately who they are? Because once you created a persona, mm-hmm. you kind of have to follow that. Because if you break yeah. that, because then also, and there's, and also, there's also a lot of douchebags that like watching marsh, that like watching fights. Yeah. So if you can become a bad guy and a lot of douchebags like your douchiness, that's just ticket sales. So like, it's yeah. really hard to separate those two things. It really is. Tito Ortiz capitalized on that. And uh, I mean, like I was saying, Ali, I wouldn't call him a douchebag. He was definitely arrogant and maybe in a good way, considering the whole socio-political climate of the times. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say where, where was the reality and where was the play? Where was the acting that came with it? Yeah, I think modern times, I think Colby Covington is a perfect example of something like that. He wasn't doing that great. Um, he was struggling. Uh, he, he told Joe Rogan in, in, in the green room at one of his shows, one of his comedy shows, you know, I'm struggling. You know, I'm trying to make it work, but I'm about to be cut. The UFC is talking about cutting me. And it's not even because I'm losing fights. It's just I'm not getting ticket sales. And I need to ticket do sales something. I need to do something. Whoa, and so whoa. like, yeah. out of nowhere, he becomes this outspoken Trump supporter 
talking all this trash overnight. That's how you make it. What was it? Logan Paul? Which Logan Paul Paul's brother? A, you, Logan Paul's well, both of them, but Logan Paul specifically likes to talk a lot of shit on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, that's an example. He, he, which one got a fight with Mayweather? <laughs> Logan, like, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah, got a fight with Mayweather. yeah, like an 0-1 record. Yeah, and, but it, yet, and that had nothing to do with him talking shit. What what all it was was Mayweather saw potential. Mayweather saw hits, money. money. His Mayweather money. Mayweather is his fucking quoted name, right? So like, yeah. and he's like, hey, let's make it happen. Like, and you know what, man? Like, this is what going back to the hobbyist idea, the idea of kaiju camel people. This is what pissed me off is that Mayweather is a badass. I mean, a lot of people get angry when he wins and they say, nah, boxing's dead. And obviously he lost. Everyone's on his side. No, he actually won. He's a better boxer. He moves his he, head he around. Just, He's he amazing. just knocked out that last guy in Japan. Yeah. Oh, the, he the, knocked the him Japan out. fights are just jokes now. But he knocked I mean, that guy out, though. He knocked him out. I mean, yeah. It, it hardly was, trying. Yeah. It, it was. And that guy was <laughs> so smart. He always starts his fights with MMA fighters. Yeah, we'll do MMA. I'll fight you in the cage. And then when the fight finally happens, exhibition max, the, glo- the gloves are softer for the opponent. Than they, like, he, he really fucks with them on that contract. But they go, they both get a lot of money. I was selling this to, to, a, to a Japanese That's editor. I'm like, you know what? Uh, whether I agree with his tactics or not, um, he is actually helping the martial arts community because martial artists don't make that much money. And he's letting mixed martial artists that don't have that much money come in and fight them um, and, and make it, money and make money. If you lose, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you're going to make over a million. That's you're set for life after that. So like he is helping a lot of fighters retire, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, these are guys, do you want to go get brain damage or you're trying to entertain the people coming back to why don't Kaji Kemu people get big? I mean, I think a lot of us don't are not interested in getting brain damage and are not interested in entertaining. I'm going to fill my shot glasses. Give me a moment, all right? All right. So just talking to the crowd. I'm just talking to the crowd at this point. Well, John fills up his, his shot glasses. One of the things that I keep thinking about is as much as we love the Gracie narrative, even if you look at the Gracie narrative, uh, it has a background with a lot of pro wrestling and catch wrestling and circus performances. If you really look into it, I don't, you don't you just look it up, Google it. You're going to see a bunch of history of catch wrestling, specifically circus performances. And a lot of those fights were rigged. So when you look at these fighting records from a lot of these people, you're going to see, um, you're going to see names like Maeda and these really great guys. Cause originally Brazilian Jiu Jitsu came from the Kodokan, which is a judo place out in Japan. And the way they made it big was through performances. That's one of the things they did. This is part of the Gracie legacy. Kaju Kimbo does not have that legacy. We don't have a big background of people doing pro wrestling. We just don't. We have a, we, our, our background is like, when we, don't, when we start talking to Kaju Kimbo guys and the kind of people like Kaju Kimbo guys look up to, it's all these people that either A, got arrested or B, were doing the arresting. Like it's 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 a there split. It's a split between, right now. It's a split yeah. between people doing the arresting as police officers and the people being arrested for the kind of shit they were doing. Have I told you about uh, a particular instructor in Chinatown? Uh, 
an instructor that I love, that I look up to. There were rumors about him and another Kajik. Uh, when we're done recording, I'll say the names. But uh, about two of them in, what, the 80s, 90s, probably the 80s, going to San Francisco, Chinatown, the way I heard it, with money hanging out of their pockets. <laughs> uh, this was because they both wanted to cause shit. Now, I heard this from multiple sources, and I eventually, I, I had to ask, I went like, is this true? And again, this is probably why I love what Kajikamu does to people, is he was really humble about it. It wasn't like, yeah, that's right, I did this shit. It wasn't like, no. It was, he was like, uh, yeah, it's true. This is this, this is kind of like, I, it was a bad idea. I know it's bad, but yes, it's true. That is the type of person I was at that time. And yes, the way you're talking about it, a lot of the people, they were the ones doing that shit. Yeah, and like another great Kajikimbo story was, um, and I'm not going to mention any names either to avoid to avoid we'll go for the names afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. people that should have been arrested. <laughs> people, even Hackleman said that people that should have been arrested. He's fucking said the same thing. People that should have been arrested. I heard a story that somebody who's pretty high up in the ranks was told by the founder. So I can't mention the founder, by the founder that they owed the founder some money and they didn't know why the founder owed was owed this money or how, what the, what the logistics were behind this were really shady, but the guy himself was very shady. And this was Kaji Kemogai or, or? Kaji Kemogai. these are all Kaji Kemogai. Okay. I'm just not, I'm just not mentioning any names. Okay. I'm just not mentioning I know somebody names. that has, not Kaji Kembo, but before Kaji Kembo, our Kempo roots before that. No, 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 no. These the are Kaji Kembo. sounds guys. familiar. So I'm these just curious. Both, so these ahead. guys go are all Kaji Kembo guys. All right. And, and supposedly the story goes that the person walked into the hotel room, knocked on the guy's door. And when the quote unquote, we're not sure whether it was a drug dealer or a sh <laughs> a sh there's like, I've heard drug dealer. I've heard, uh, what's the people? A loan shark. We're not okay. sure which, what kind of person this was. But apparently, the first thing he did is the guy opened the door, was immediately grab him by the balls and squeeze. And apparently, that's how I was told that the whole our whole growing strike that 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 the growing pool that we have in yeah. some of our forms Come works. That. It cut that, that, that works because the, the story was that he grabbed him and pretty much okay, I'll give you the money like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he got. I might do the same. He got the, he got the money. <laughs> he got the money. Kaiji Kembo promotes success. That's it. <laughs> so like we'll sell it that way. So again, why is it our narrative is famous? Well, that's not as this is why. This is why. <laughs> it's not as glorious as winning. It's <laughs> grabbing a guy by the balls and get your money just isn't as good as a slogan as UFC champion. It's and not. <laughs> it's not as appealing. To your not, average no, no. person that wants to do it's martial arts. It's not as marketable. It's not as marketable. It's not as marketable. Kaji Kambo, we grab you by the nuts and take your money. <laughs> it doesn't work. That Don't let you. <laughs> That's the opposite of John Slogan. <laughs> just realized. Well, good night, folks. Don't let anyone take your lunch. We'll teach you how to take people's lunch money. <laughs>
right. Well, next week when oh, Hagelman's man. in jail, we're oh. going to this. Oh, man. Oh, and this is why I, I said we probably will have, <laughs> have on the show. All right. So, like, so yeah, this is, um, this, is what, this is what we're talking about. Like, why don't these narratives, why is that, why is that narrative so much bigger? Because I have people ask me all the time, and I've seen this in our forums, like, why isn't Kaji Kimbo bigger? Like, according to everything I see and everything we train, everything we do, it should be as big or bigger in some people's opinion, or at least as big. And I, I keep looking at this story of the kind of people we look up to, Kaji Kimbo practitioners look up to. Yeah, we like you. We like the whole sport combat aspect of it. A lot of us do. Um, I do. We yeah. like the sport combat aspect of it. But we also love these like stories that are told to us where we have to delete the names to avoid <laughs> legal issues. We really like those stories. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of those stories. Well, I've said, I've told you before, and I'll say it again, that when I came to Japan, I went to a Japanese Budokai, like a martial arts seminar, you know, traditional martial arts all over the world. And like I said earlier, like the whole em- embarrassed to say Kaiju Kembo was a thing at that point. Like, what do you do? Uh, I, I had a struggle with Kaiju Kembo. Uh, I do a Hawaiian martial art. I do a traditional mixed martial art. And finally, one I was like, yeah, I do a, a style called Kaiju Kembo. And the guy was like, oh, you guys are the bikers of the martial arts world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a perfect good. That's exactly what it was, man. So I think, oh, yeah. So more famous names. There's plenty of documentation of Kaiju Kembo guys with Bruce Lee. Yeah. There's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of documentation of guys sitting right next to Bruce Lee, and not just like like a quick photo op, like straight out dialogue talking. Yeah. More in, in our circles, rumors of training together, and definitely his students definitely trained with Kaju Oh, definitely. There was a lot of crossover there too. So more big names. And that's why we, we get baffled. And I know, like in this day and age where and but before you go that. I've told you about the Juarez, uh, the Juarez school that had the Bruce Lee students coming, right? No. Uh, there was, continuing with what you're saying about the connection with Bruce Lee people and Kaji Kemo people, was it Eric Lee? I think I forget his name. Uh, one of the students used to bring his, one of Bruce Lee's students used to come with a bunch of his students to Juarez's school on, uh, I believe, East Fort, on MacArthur, East 14th in California. And, uh, they would spar because they liked how the Kaji Kembo people sparred. Uh, the Palin brothers, I think, were there. Uh, there was a bunch of other of our old grandmasters when they were young. They would come and join us for a few times. And the way, and, you know, I, I'm biased. I'm Kaji Kembo. The way I heard it is the Kaji Kembo guys kicked their asses. I, and I don't know. I mean, if anybody from the Bruce Lee camp is listening, I wasn't there. I don't know. This is what I'm hearing. Uh, my instructor was a student at the school. I think he said he got to be there one night when they came. Uh, but basically, they came for a while because they liked how we fought. Because Jeet Kundo, the way I've always imagined is Jeet Kundo and Kaiju Kembo are really, really similar. It's just that Jeet Kundo was started by a guy who had a kung fu base, you know, Wing Chun, and Kaiju Kembo was started by guys who had a more Americanized karate judo base and you know kaji kembo was like 20 years earlier but i mean like they were the time doesn't matter bruce lee 
was not exposed to Gaji Kembo at his time, he did the exact same thing. And he was in a different Kembo region. Movies. I think I think what one that one point that we really have to talk about, he was in a completely different region. Right? Oh yeah, he, he was in China. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, Kaiju Kembo was 20 years came, before Jeet Kune Do. But I mean, it was a it is, but totally it, different it was, region. It was a totally different region. But definitely, by the time he actually started conceptualizing and doing what he was doing, mm-hmm. Kaiju Kembo was there. Oh, yeah. By the time he started doing there. whatever he was doing, because we can say it started in China and he started doing it. But the truth is, he came to America pretty early Yeah. in his life. And by the time he came to America... And when he was thinking about putting together his art, Kaji Kembo already existed and he was already interacting with Kaji Kembo guys. Which means oh, yeah. while he was sitting there thinking about, okay, what am I going to write down? And I know a lot of people nowadays, like if you look up online, any, any jiu-jitsu person, oh, I've seen so many videos of the Gracie challenge. The Gracie challenge. <laughs> and there's always like, I don't even think those guys were Jeet Kune Do practitioners, to be honest. Because I've never met a Jeet Kune Do practitioner wear a fucking full-on Bruce Lee jumpsuit. They wouldn't do that. Oh, that sounds more like a mental health issue. That's that's uh, what I'm saying. So, like, when I see these videos of these people saying, oh, a Jeet Kune Do guy demolished by... You look it on YouTube. Look it up on YouTube. Bruce Lee guy, Jeet Kune Do guy demolished by jiu-jitsu. If you really know what the fuck you're saying and you look at Jeet Kune Do guys... First of all, these Jeet Kune Do guys are very similar to the Kaju Kimbo guys. They got a bunch of professional UFC fighters that don't say Jeet Kune Do, mm-hmm. but they're Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. And they very quietly just start studying different arts and they put their guys out there. And when they get there, they just say, I come from this academy. There's a lot of academies that are yeah. actually Jeet Kune Do academies, but they just call it whatever academy, whatever gym. Yeah. And they're Jeet Kune Do guys. They do something very similar as Kaju Kimbo guys. And they study and they and they go and they cross train and they'll get their black belts in in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and other arts mm-hmm. and then they'll teach it to their guys. That's just that's just what we do because we don't care. Well now, first off, uh if anybody who's in Kaiju Kemo, you might know the name John Bono. He is in our Gaylord branch. He was doing Jikundo. Mickey Lopez will tell you more. If you ask him about John Bono, John Bono's a badass. He had a bunch of Jeet Kune Do stuff and catch wrestling stuff. Uh, if you check out the article that I, the blog magazine article I did with Mickey Lopez, he talked about his first experience with John Bono. And we can, where, where can people Google that? Um, it's, well, Kaiju Kembo Okayama is my group. We have a website. I forgot the website name. <laughs> so KaijuKemboOkayama.com. Just, just Google Kaiju Kembo Okayama. Yeah, you'll find our website. And in the blog section, latest blogs, you can look at our blogs. Uh, I did a bunch of interviews, written interviews. One of them, Mickey Lopez, who has been a uh, person on the show, he talked about his experience working the first time he met John Bono. And John Bono was a, he's a Kaji Kemo guy. He's, uh, I think he's eighth degree, but he's got a bunch of Jeet Kune Do training. He's got catch wrestling training and he picks all that together. Um, but uh, what were you saying right before that? You were saying something else as well. Uh, oh yeah, some more names. Uh, I want to throw out Mark DeCosco's. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Mark DeCosco is this is more of a Hollywood dude, but um he was in John Wick three. Oh yeah, and and he was also in a lot of different movies. Uh, let's just let's put in um, only the strong, only the strong. Yeah, Hawaii, he was he was in Hawaii Five O. He while. was. And, My wife um, keeps reminding me of that. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, that's what. Yeah, so he was he was also in Warrior. Some oh, more, really. 
Yeah, and he was in um, just trying to find some of the bigger titles here. He was in a lot of different. <laughs> he was a, he was also, a got you. Not so not so famous, but famous for the wrong reasons. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter sequels. <laughs> wait, wait, there's a sequel? I guess so. Seriously, I really want to read the book, but the movie looked terrible. But if you look up Mark Nicosco, you're going to see him in a lot. Like Brotherhood of the Wolf is one of the biggest movies. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. It was, yeah, he was a badass in that. That's, but yeah, actually, yeah. that's actually based off a real historical event. Uh, yeah, yeah, I talked to me about France. that. Um, that my, my, my good friend... And his fellow historian, I'm not a historian, I see fellow historian, historian, Daniele Bolelli. He talks, he goes in, he has a podcast called History on Fire, where he talks about that actual historical event where this beast, this thing, and they don't, they still don't know what it was. Historians still don't know what it was. They speculate at the end of the day. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, I should say it. Why not? It was a chupacabra. Spoiler alert. Um, They still don't know what it is. And they speculate it was either maybe miscalculations of a group of wolves, perhaps a lion and perhaps even a lion or a hyena, but they speculate more lion trained and someone maybe put armor over it. And that's why there was all these rumors that they couldn't kill it because it was too weird that they couldn't kill it and just ravaged the countryside in the medieval period and killed, I don't know how many people. So, like, It definitely documented killed over 100 people. It was the French Chupacabra. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, either way, that's Mark DeCascos, another big name in Kajakembo. But you yeah, I mean, well, well, people who don't know, Al DeCascos, his father was like the really big thing. Yeah, Al DeCascos is the Kajakembo guy that we all know. But the people, the public, the, the general public knows Mark DeCascos. Mark DeCascos. If you just Google that, you're going to see his face. And maybe if you don't recognize the movies I just recognized, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy in that show. That, that, guy. Show, that show. Now, did he actually say he does Kajakembo? That's a good question. Because I've never heard him say it. Exactly. There's a thing that comes to mind. Uh, some people might know the name Michael McDonald. Remember him? No. He was a Bellator fighter who held the belt. He was. I've heard you talk about him before, but I'm not, okay. not, I've only heard, uh, not, not like in general terms, though. So he was, he was awesome. He had an awesome right hand and good ground defense, got up and he would knock people out. Uh, he's not Kaji Kembo. That's what he says as well. But he fought out of the last stand fight team, which was headed by Tom Theophanopoulos, who's a Kaju Kembo eight-degree black belt. Uh, he's, a, he's a grandmaster there in Kaju Kembo. And what's cool is that, well, I mean, uh, maybe it's too personal. I don't know. He married my instructor's daughter. And so my instructor is looking at him, like, work with people. And he came to our Kaju Kembo dojo to train people. And he's like, no, nah, I don't do Kaju Kembo. But he's doing these drills. And my instructor is like, hey, that drill you were doing, that is a Juarez drill. That is a Kaju Kembo drill you were just doing. And that makes sense coming from Tom Theo's school. This is where it gets really weird with Kaju Kembo. I mean, again, it's not, it's just a name. But the spirit of Kaju Kembo is much deeper than that. We really can't get caught up in what is Kaju Kembo? That doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. As my point, it doesn't matter. The spirit is the same spirit that was in Jeet Kune Do. It's the same spirit that was in the Greco-Roman fighting thousands of years ago. Take what works and get rid of the rest. Just, just do fucking what works. It's, it's that simple. And don't yeah. get caught up on the details. Like that. I and mean, that's what I walked away with. 
Yeah. Don't get caught up in the details. So when I see anyone getting caught up in the details, even within my art, I see some people getting caught up in the details. I just kind of yeah. rub my temples. And I'm like, just, just do it. Just get out there and train and shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. And I know I just, yeah. I spend a lot of time talking on a podcast, but if you follow my Facebook page, you'll see I, I spend 80% of my time training. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey complains about how your videos piss him off because it makes him want to train. <laughs> so like, that's all it really is. And I think, so the people were watching this and they've been following this now for over an hour. We're hearing this ramble about why isn't Kaju Kimbo is famous. And I think it's because, I don't know if I, if I think it's because hopefully no one makes a small clip and then puts it on fucking Rob. Does he make a small clip and cause another commotion again? But he loves his, he loves his drama. Now, I think it's because, again, we don't care about the outcome because we're not trying to market. A lot of mm-hmm. us are not trying to market. We're trying to market oh, in small circles. Yeah. We're not trying to market, and we kind of give a shit if at the end of the day it's as big as Gracie Jiu Jitsu because we don't have a family name, right? The Gracies had a family name. And things got really weird at the Gracies, especially toward, if you look at the history of the Gracies, some people that are even saying they're Gracies aren't Gracies. Like people, men, and this is rare in Brazil. It's a, it's a matriarch, it's a, it's a patriarchal society, but yep. men were literally marrying. You had jujitsu guys literally trying to court Gracie jujitsu <laughs> women to take the fucking name. All right. I've heard podcasts talking about how men would marry women that were Gracies and then say, I'm a Gracie now. I've seen that in Japan. I've seen that with my friends who do Aikido. Coming from Brazil, that feels weird. It's almost understandable because they have a connection with Japan. But with all the machismo I see from there, that really yeah, is that's weird. Really weird. That's really weird coming from that kind of culture. Coming from that kind of culture is really weird. So like yeah. that's why I say like that, and that adds to the Gracie legacy. Like that's how big of a legacy for Brazil that name is where mm-hmm. you'll have people that will do something back. And again, I started the podcast talking about how I'm really interested in subcultures and psychology. It's really interesting to me as a social psychologist to see a culture that really values men in, in a bad way, <laughs> almost suddenly take on their wife's last name just because it might make them look as a stronger man. They'll go, actually go against their own values mm-hmm. because they feel it is going to make them more macho to say my last name is Gracie, which is like... And, I mean, like, I'm I'm of the view it's stupid. I mean, yeah, we don't do women that. are just as effective can, as men. Yeah, but... I, can, I can care less, but Kaju Kembo guys don't have that religious care. following i don't know what to say we don't, we don't, we don't care yeah Maybe, yeah we just don't care and yeah. i think J, jkd guys are very similar to the fact that they really don't care like they just care about the people they teach can mm-hmm. do something effective and if someone talks shit about how they train or their whether they want to use winch and dummy dolls or not or they want to use pad work they just go yeah whatever man if and i'm the same way whatever you want to come and train i'll show you what i do you want to see and what i do you come in you can the see the way it. you say that they don't care about those things that goes back to what i said earlier 
that a lot of the people I've met who were training, they were doing really well in fighting. Michael McDonald was another one. And they'd reached a point where they're like, eh, this, the, the glory is not worth that much. Uh, my, okay, so our Gaylord branch headed by James Juarez, he introduced a great book to me called The Ronin. And this, he also talked to me a lot about Miyamoto Musashi and like the fiction that comes with it. There's this image of these great warriors who reach a point who just don't have an interest in killing people anymore. They have more of an interest in life and using the martial arts they've learned to just have a better life. And coming back to everything we said earlier before, and now that a lot of the Kaiju Campbell people, we talk about unity of mind, body, and spirit. It's not just the glory. It's not about making other people respect you. Maybe you grew up in a poor neighborhood and you make money on fighting. That's respectable. I respect that. But a lot of Kaiju Campbell people in general, the art is about how it makes you a better person. It's not about beating the dude in the ring it's about beating the dude in the ring and then going back to work the next day and not letting your boss talk shit to you and being respected being and not getting arrested what's that and not getting arrested not getting arrested not getting arrested is very important <laughs> don't go to chinatown with money hanging out of your pockets don't beat up your boss <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do the fight club thing don't beat up yourself but yeah i mean there's they're going back to the hobbyist issue. I mean, again, what is, is a hobby a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, some people just enjoy the art. They enjoy punching their friends in the face and getting punched back. It's not about doing forms. Some people just enjoy the down and dirty, gritty knowledge that comes with it. They don't care about winning the fights. And you want to make Kaiju Kemo big? You want to make Kaiju Kemo famous? You want to make it so everybody knows you have to win the fights because people care about who wins the fights. And we're not just about that. Unity of mind, body, and spirit. We're about being mentally, physically healthy, spiritually healthy for people who believe in the spirit. And if you don't believe in spiritually, that you can just cram all that into the mental side, physically and mentally healthy and happy. Kaiju Kembo has that saying, through this fist art, one gains long life and happiness. Long life through exercise and happiness through everything that comes out of it. It's the physical training. It's the mental training. It makes your life better. And jiu-jitsu does that too. BJJ does that too. Kickboxing does that too. But we really, really don't fucking care if, I do, if we don't make it to the ring. We're here to train. We're here to be happy. We're here to, to train and learn from this knowledge. We're here to learn how to defend ourselves if someone breaks into our home. And some of us are here to learn the traditions of 400 years ago in China. And it's cool. It's fun. And it makes you happy. That's what we're about. Yeah. So I think... Um... I just exploded in happiness, so we're going to have a little shot if you're up with us. there. So like... Yeah, I think that's what we're getting to the end of our show here. But anybody who stuck around this long to hear us rant and rave why Kaju Kembo isn't as famous as Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Cheers.
I hope what you can walk away with is this idea that we respect all martial arts because we practice all martial arts. And not, maybe not, and when I say we, not just me, I come from a large community and I can 100% tell you we practice all martial arts. You name it. There's a Kaju Kimbo guy doing it. Yeah. You name it. You can name it. It can be something obscure like Indonesian knife fighting. It's a Kaju Kimbo guy doing it. Yeah, I do. I know a guy doing that. There's a guy doing it. There's definitely Aichi, everything. Yeah. We have a there's a black belt doing it. There's definitely a Kaju Kimbo guy doing it. Um, we're internationally practicing martial arts and we don't have that mentality that we need to tell you that it is as big as the Gracie legacy because we're not even trying to leave that kind of a legacy really we're just trying to self-improve and we love this thing called Kaju Kembo and we will tell you about that if you meet us talk to you about that but if you look at us and you give us the cockeyed look of well I think whatever I do is better then we'll stop talking about it and we'll tell yep. and we'll ask you well, why do you think that and tell me more tell me more and I'll go into your place and I'll train with you that's I'm not going to talk to you with my words I, I'm, on the podcast I'm left with nothing but that on the internet I'm left with nothing but that but in real life I'm not going to talk to you with words I'm going to go to your place I'm going to train with you and then you then if you train me enough you're going to ask me what I do. That's just how it works. And it's not me being cocky. That's just how it works. Nothing about being cocky. You didn't say you're good. You just said, this is what I trained. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll go and do the thing that you do, whatever it is. That is whatever that is. If I, if I sense this thing where you're sick of hearing me talk about Kaja Kembo, I'll shut the fuck up about it and I'll go do whatever it is that you're doing. And then, and I'll see what it is that you're so into. If I haven't heard of it already, if I already heard of it, then I'll go, okay, that's nice. And I'll invite you to come in and train me. Let's come in and train me. And, and we'll see what it is that you do. You, you can apply it in a setting where, where you're allowed to do whatever you want. And then we'll see how it works. And if what you do is, is good, great. If it's not also great, you know, it, 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 I can care less either way. Anything you want to promote? No, not really. Yeah, me either. <laughs> well, everybody knows us if they don't know us. I mean, if they don't know us. Yeah, they don't know us. If they stuck around this long, they most likely know is us. Is anybody still awake? Are they drinking with us? I don't know. If they're drinking, if, they, they might have been knocked this, out. Nah, if, they're, if they're drinking, they probably like snoozed off a while back. <laughs> anyway. We're not that young, brother. They, they might be gone with us. <laughs> yeah, they're probably, probably going to have to skip this and back through. Thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. I release two of these, two podcasts a month, around two a month, and every week I try to release something, uh, whether it's a podcast or something I'm doing in my gym. So thanks for following my channel. I'll catch you all next time. Peace. <laughs>